This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. We all follow the city, Overland and Sea, and Swansea. We follow them unbeaten runs, also in defeat. 17 league games since the last international break slash World Cup. Six wins, six draws, and five defeats in the league. Obviously a nice little cup run to boot. And yes, it was a disappointing match at Swansea, but with Conway Naismith and hopefully James to return in the Reading game, we should have enough in the tank to finish the season with some happier days. Matt, you were with me over in Swansea. Um, Obviously, I was just trying to put that into perspective in terms of the run we've been on, but it can't get around the fact that it was a disappointing performance. No, you're right um, to kind of, let's let's not go too over the top with it, but we're also doing a pod based on that performance and it, it wasn't particularly great, was it? But you do have to caveat it, as you've done, with the fact that we've got a number of injuries to key players, um, big players for us as well. Um, and actually, those injuries have meant that we have been able to to, to give more opportunities to youngsters and, and another one the weekend, which was a, a positive. But no, in terms of this week, the Luton and the Swansea game, performance-wise, it wasn't a team... Um, high on confidence in going into the international break, you know, sealing a... The 50-point barrier, was it? Yeah, the international break has come at the the perfect time. Yeah. We're like a, a Formula One car rolling into the pits with a burst tyre. I, I like to so. use the analogy of. But it, when when you've ripped the spine out of the team in, in Callas and Atkinson, Naismith, James, Williams, Conway, you know, it's, gonna, it's not going to gel straight away, is it? But the squad no, depth has really been challenged. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't know that we help ourselves sometimes, as in Nigel Pearson, with some of the changes that we make. Mm. Um, and we've also had a few players, you know, you, you can't hide away from it. And and we've talked about him being player of the year, but but Zach's had a bit of a dip in form since sort of the injuries to Rob Atkinson. Um, and, and one or two others haven't quite been on their game. And we're relying on, you know, Andy King playing midfield and, and the guy hasn't played in a couple of years, you know, many minutes at all, has he? So, okay. yeah, it's not it's not all doom and gloom. I think, as you said, the, the spine's been ripped out. Um, but, you know, you also have to say we didn't take advantage of a Swansea City side very, very low on confidence. Yeah. Okay, Rob's three words. Actually, this was uh, a mixture of Rob's and a mixture of Lee's three words. A substandard, similar scenario, I think I uh, I, I made out of those two, Matt. Yeah. Um, you couldn't go it, with some of what Lee really wanted to say, could no, you? So? <laughs> no, no, we had to adjust it because it is a family show after all. But um, we'll do our check-in and we'll bring in our guest. That's uh, Paul Binning, who didn't have far to travel yesterday, Paul. I didn't know. It was my uh, my second closest game of the season for following <laughs> City. Um, yeah, quite nice for me. 40 minutes down the road. Um, got a great little parking spot sorted. So you, know, you can see the stadium for £5 car parking fee, which I'd like to hmm. think some of the City parking places might take heed off. Um, and you get out nice and quickly afterwards. So I was, uh, yeah, I was pretty much home is by that, half past three. Is that the one just past the stadium, Paul, down in the day? No, just, just before it, before Rossi's fish, chip, fish and chip shop. Ah, right, right, okay. Right, There's okay. a few, few nice little slots in there for five quid. So oh, we've been right. in there the last three times now. Get in nice and easy and get out nice and easily. So, good unusual bonus. 
Yeah. Nice. And probably about the only good thing about yesterday <laughs> afternoon. Really. Well, Paul, we um, we're we're almost uh, twenty four hours since kickoff now as we record this. But how are you out of ten? Um, yeah, I think like, overall a good good solid seven. Um, I think City in the form they're in is uh, always going to be a little bit of a dampener. But also, you know, I think there's a, there's an element of comfort even amongst the fan base when you know you're not going down and not going up. There's a little less tension, a little less maybe a uh, factor on your on your overall feeling when city win or lose maybe yeah your little uh, your thoughts um on what i just said there around 17 league games six wins six draws five defeats um obviously yes our enthusiasm has been dampened a little bit in the last few games uh with some of the some of the performances we've seen but just putting it into context your your assessment of us since the world cup Oh, I think if you're looking back since World Cup, I think it's been very promising. I think if, yeah, if you'd had these odd defeats with a couple of injuries interspersed amongst a two-month unbeaten run, you'd still be looking at it going a pretty, you know, pretty solid run. And yeah, we we've gone remarkably Lee Johnson-esque streaky in in a way in this, this season. And <laughs> um, yeah, the form since the World Cup leading up to three weeks ago was very, very good. Um, but as yeah, as Matthew said, it's Matt said it's a you got six players at your spine out. Yeah, you, know, you, you you're gonna struggle when you've got yeah. You know, and Andy King's mm. played four games in two weeks now, yeah. four ninety minutes, pretty much. Yeah. You've got Campering, who's been so good at left back playing centre back. You've got you know guys like Taylor Clark and Francois coming in and on the pitch and stuff. But they're coming into a team that's struggling to hold on to ball and struggling for a bit of shape and structure. So it's tough for them too. So I think what if I'm you know read Nigel Pearson correctly, he's pretty balanced normally he's not going to be overreacting to this just like he wasn't overreacting mm. he, got, he got a little bit carried away didn't he once talked about playoffs he got a little yeah. bit excited um but he won't get too carried away he'll understand the issues with the team but i think what he'll be disappointed by is some of a lack of perceived fight and um yeah. effort for each other that we've maybe seen in the last two or three games on and off yeah yeah, Matt, um, Paul makes a great point there around obviously Taylor Clark coming into the starting lineup for his first start yesterday. Um, but you want to bring players like that into a team that are not coming off the back of a, a disappointing performance. I think Nigel's gone on record as sort of saying in the past that he, he won't just play youngsters for the sake of playing youngsters. Um, he wants them to come into a team that... Um, you know, it gives them all of the, the the sort of options possible for them to to develop. This, you know, bringing players into a and we're not a struggling team, but a team that you know we're on a, a potentially if they were on a poor run, he doesn't want to do that. And I and I get that. And I was a bit critical last week at the, the Luton game that we didn't fill the bench. Um, and I know we we were talking about a patch on the car on the waiver, weren't we yesterday? Sort of saying, well, you know, yeah, they played on the Monday, but it was then just a Wednesday afterwards. You know, perhaps why why weren't Callum Wood on there? Or, but fundamentally, Nigel knows what the recovery plans are. It's all a, a real science now, and actually, he's unlikely to have got on the bench. So, you know, there, there wasn't necessarily that big a deal about it. But I think his fans, we we kind of react, don't we, and, and don't necessarily look at the overall picture, and and that's why you know maybe a day later you can react slightly differently, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm like Paul. I'm probably a good seven today as well. I haven't sort of slept on it and realised, do you know what? Actually, things aren't aren't as bad as they look. Yeah, seven for me as well. It's a Monday morning at the end of the day, so that's going to take a couple couple of points off. Yeah. Right, let's have a look at the starting lineup. Um, so Vyman, Wells and Mimetti all come out from Wednesday night 
uh, Wednesday night's game at Luton and Tanner, Taylor Clark and Bell come in. So we line up O'Leary, Tanner, Viner, Pring, De Silva, King, Taylor Clark, Scott, Sykes, Cornick, Bell on the bench, Haken, Wood, Idahan, Wilson, Vyman, Mehmeti and Wells. A few surprises, Matt, for me there. You know, well, Vyman and Wells coming out and some less experienced players coming in to, you know, a game where we could have got something. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, the the, the sort of midfield with, with Omar Taylor-Clark getting the, the nod, that's his position. He is a midfielder. A- Andy Vyman isn't really a midfielder. I know he's played, you know, wide and he has played down here. He's playing that kind of 10, but, you know, Alex Scott's playing that and and I think you, you want Alex there. So I, I didn't have a problem with that. Didn't have a problem with Bell. Um, I think he's trying to play Harry Cornick into form and trying to give him as many opportunities as he can. That may have been the one for me um, with Naki, but in fairness, Naki hasn't looked great the last couple of weeks. So I, I don't think he necessarily got it wrong. Um, good to see Idahan sort of coming into the benching. Again, lots of fans have talked about that. But again, you're talking about a player that wasn't playing regularly for Carlisle or Grimsby. I think it was Grimsby before that. So, you know, you, you have got to be a little bit sort of realistic with it as well. We talk about these youngsters. Oh, you know, why is Idahan not there? But if you're not doing it at that level, you certainly aren't going to be doing it in the championship. And I use the Riley Taylor situation where fans have gone, you know, Riley Taylor mad. Look, you know, he's tearing it up at League One with Portsmouth. But the Portsmouth manager himself has said, yeah, he's doing all right, but he's made lots of mistakes and we're working on it. Lots of mistakes in League One is is goals and above in League, you know, in the championship. So, yeah, I, I, I thought... Pearson actually got the starting lineup right, if I'm honest. Okay, your thoughts, Paul, on that starting lineup? Personally, I like to see two up front. If I would have gone Vyman and Wells, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's what what can be fielded at the time. And I was obviously very pleased for Amar Taylor Clark to get his uh, first start. I think for me, the forward line is probably where you're looking at most because that's where the experience could have come in. And Vyman and Wells with yeah an inexperienced side, and yeah whether it's inexperienced in terms of age with Taylor Clark and Bell, or even just positionally with the likes of Pring. I think the issue you kind of got is is we've kind of got the mixture of forwards in our options now. I'm not sure the front three actually suits all of them. I think it suits Mometti being wide. It suits Bell probably being wide. I don't think it really suits Cornick. I think he'd be a much better one of a pair in that in that striker position if he's going As to does play. Wells for me. Yes. As he's going to play in that central position. I don't think he's uh the sole man in the way that Wells can be. And you're right, Wells has been off form as well recently. It's just, I think the we had an initial burst, didn't we, of positivity after Semenu left when Bell came in and scored three or four goals, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, Mameti came in and everyone was excited. But I think we're we're really missing Semenu and Conway now from that front line option, and Wells is maybe missing them a little bit as well, having less to play off, and we're not quite getting the balance right. But for me, Feynman doesn't have a natural slot in this formation, really. Um, I don't think. Um, Wells is struggling a bit, Cornick doesn't, so there's a little bit of work to do there. I, I just I think I would have probably had one of Wells or Vyman in, but I think I think Matthew's right. Matt's right. I think you're only Matthew's right, Matt. That's right, mate. No problem. Your, that's, uh, me, that's, that's me name, not a problem. <laughs> it's, it's during working hours, it's very yeah, professional. Yeah, yeah. Um, um for, for me yeah, though, I think, think Cornick is being trying to trying to he's trying to get him into a bit of form. You know, he's yeah. he's he's not yeah. worked for 15 minutes off the bench at the end of the game, so he's trying to give him a bit of extra time to try and see what he can do there. For me, since we've gone to that three-one sort of formation in uh, in the front line, we aren't scoring goals. Um, I I 
need to get back to that. Just two up front. Um, for me, I would be playing uh, in the next game, Reading, I would be playing Wells and Conway. Um, hopefully, you know, the Tommy's back in time. And I think I'd go back to 3-5-2 personally. I don't know. Matt, do you want to jump in on that? I think, it de- again, de- depends on who's there. I think if Nate Smith is, is back available, I don't want to see him going back into the, the, the back because um, we saw what he was giving us going forward. But I guess it's it's that, that horses for courses because everybody was talking about it was the change to the four at the back mm. that changed our form. Before that, with the three five two, we weren't getting anything. So I don't know, potentially just go four four two patch, do the old Mike Bassett, and that's the yes. way we're gonna play. That's it. Um that's but I, I agree with you in terms of, of Wells. I don't think playing one up top works for us in so much as we don't get enough midfielders coming onto it. I also don't think with what we've got in either Naki or Cornick at the moment, they hold the ball up well enough. It's as probably a, a Tommy Conway, player. isn't it? It's the what so if we're Tom, doing Tom, one. Tommy would, um, but again, even with Tommy, I know, I know Tins has talked about him being the kind of, he could be that Chris Martin in, but we've not really seen Tommy, you know, Tommy's strengths has been running the channels and actually getting the goals. I don't think we've got the player to, to play a single person up top and expect us to hold it and bring it on. So, yeah. I think, yeah, if you look back to our sort of form in February, a lot of it was, with, it was more a 4-3-3 rather than a 4-2-3-1, yeah. wasn't it? But I, I, and that's slightly semantics, but it's not as well. I think we've got to remember that time we had, we had Nate Smith in the middle who was pinging balls wide for the likes of Bell and Mimetti, whoever was wide, maybe not Mimetti, Bell certainly. Sykes and, yeah. And it, yeah. Scott was being played in a much more advanced position because he had James and Williams or James and Nate Smith in behind him. And he had that solidity in behind him. He had more freedom than he's probably had in the last two or three weeks. So it is slight semantics, I think, on 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3. 4-3-3 did work for a while, but it worked with Atkinson at the back and with James and Naismith or Williams in midfield. And yeah. maybe at the moment, we quite haven't quite got that and we need do need to tweak it again. We certainly look to have an issue at right back where Tanner's not finishing games for one reason or another, whether it's through illness or mm. selection or or whatever. Sykes has lost a little bit of right back because he doesn't get forward. He, he, look, he looked really good in that far attacking right position, but he's... Yeah. Yeah, he's been restricted a little bit by that those moves in the second half. And I think those moves are often to accommodate Vyman, which goes back to my point of he hasn't really got a natural slot in this team. He's he wants to play Vyman, I think, but can't quite work out where to play him to suit the balance of the, the formation we've got. Do you think with and I know Nigel Pearson talked about Thomas Callas hopefully not being far away as well after the international break. But that Reading game, if that is a game too far, could you see him going if he goes four and put in Naismith? in the back four with Viner and moving them Pring back out to the left? Yeah, I think short term, I think he might. Yeah. Um, I think we miss Pring at left back. I think James we do, don't we? an okay job there, but Pring yeah. is mm-hmm. strong defensively Bombs and better, more powerful going forward. And he's not centre-back, ultimately. He's done his, doing his best there. And, and in retrospect, maybe we should have switched to three at the back with whoever. Yeah, I don't even know who now. But, you know, Tanner, Viner yeah. and Pring as a three. Yeah. Yeah, earlier in this run of three or four games when we were struggling for centre-backs in particular. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, lots of permutations and I think seven or eight games left in the season to, eight, to yeah. get eight games left to bring back some stability. And the last thing we want to do is is finish the season poorly. Not only will it drag any momentum away that we have, but it'll also lower our position in the league and... And when you're trying to attract players with hopefully some money in the in the coffers, it's um it's not going to be easy. But 
Let's see what happens. Right, let's get into the game then. So first note I've got here, 13th minute, Cornick scythes down on the edge of the box. This Alex Scott free kick hits the jumping wall, but he went for power over placement there, Paul, and uh, starting to hone his craft of of taking free kicks. Yes, a little. Yeah, we've talked before on this, haven't we, about our uh, lack of potency in that sort of situation. Um, the best one I've seen in recent times was uh, Mimetti's little dipper. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we definitely got options there. I think Mimetti in the right position could be a good option when he's on the pitch, obviously. Um, I, I mean, I thought the first note I made was in the first 20 seconds where we gave a ball away in midfield and they had, a, they had an attack. And I thought that kind of set the tone for the day, unfortunately, because <laughs> yeah. we did a lot of that and we were sloppy and we didn't track runners going forward. Um, but yeah, it's, I think the fact that you've got 13 minutes says a lot about the yeah. opening to the game, really. It was very classical um Swansea in a but way quiet they play. as well I thought and we just didn't really lay a glove on them we didn't really get into them we didn't get we didn't look like getting the ball to be honest in the first 15 20 minutes particularly yeah 22nd minute Scott pings one to Sykes on the right he takes it on crosses it in but there's far too much power on his cross maybe a shot was the better option and that's what he did Matt seconds later when uh, Sykes unleashed one right footed with some real power yeah um I think the, the first one it was a, it, it actually took it well, but as you say, I mean our our crossing generally, as is our dead ball, just just you can't help as a fan question what do we work on in training and are we doing too much of the wrong type of thing? You know, I don't know small sides or whatever, um, but I'd love to think that the likes of Mark Sykes and I know Sam Bell was obviously playing on the left, but potentially Mimetti as well would go out and work on that themselves. Um, you know, we, we've often talked about the repetition, repetition, but yeah, the, the cross wasn't great, but the shot, he, he did okay. Yeah, it, you know, it, it was a, a decent effort. I think like you both said early on, um, I didn't ever feel Swansea were going to overrun us, but they looked far more comfortable and didn't look like the side that was low on confidence, which, you know, we spoke to quite a few fans before the game patch, didn't we, Swansea fans, who all said the same thing. You know, they, they were talking about, well, we'll take a 1-1 now. Mm. We've been dreadful, no confidence. We don't score. So I, whether they were just setting us up to think, yeah, we're in for a good game here or what, but mm. yeah, it was a bit of a slow start, wasn't it? Yeah. 25th minute, it's an attack from City. Cornick gets a flick on a Sykes cross. And actually just before that, Cornick was being held by the defender and he sort of did well to get away, to get into that position. But uh, that was a, a flash um, of, of Harry Cornick there, Paul, who hasn't hit the ground running. I think it's fair to say. And, your assessment so far? Um, assessment so far is he struggled. Um, I thought for a period of the first half yesterday, which is when you just spoke about, I thought he actually started to show some signs of being able to hold the ball up a little bit and getting involved in the game. But we didn't, as you said earlier, we didn't actually have anyone close enough to, to really have an effect on it. You just, I think, yeah, he just started to show a few signs of being involved in the game. And leading into half time, I'd say he sort of would been a bit more involved. And then, I don't know if he just got tired, but he just seemed to struggle to get around the defence. Trouble is, the way Swansea play, you you either got to sit off them and let them play in their back six and just let them do it and you know try and nick the ball off them as a as they break a line, or you've got to get right in them on the press on the front. We didn't really do either. I didn't somewhere think. in between, we, probably. Yeah, <laughs> were, were we tired? Were we? What, what was it? Was it our tactic? Was it? I don't know what it was. Um, Pearson referenced tiredness after, but even Cornick, I thought, looked. Yeah. He looked a bit leggy, even from the start of the second half. He well, they certainly gave him... Rather than racing around. And, yeah. Um, but they say he didn't have Bell pressing on his fullback. He didn't have, you know, 
Sykes pressing on his fullback particularly. But Sykes, I thought, he references crossings now. I thought attacking wise, he was okay. He was one of our better options yesterday. Mm. And as he has it. been for for a number of months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Albeit for a lack of crossing, but I thought defensively he was quite poor and let them go past him quite a lot. And just again, maybe a little bit of tiredness just wasn't quite able to track back as he as he has been able to. Well, the yeah. fact that the fact that he's now taken a few shots from from outside the box, um, maybe he cuts inside and and has a few more shots on goal, Matty. Maybe he's got that confidence now. How many times do we see, you know, Scotty Murray dipping inside and and shooting as opposed to getting a cross in? Again, another thing that he, he needs to work on because he's, he's he's not not particularly strong on his left hand side. Well, no, that's a bit unfair. I mean, he, he can cross it, and we saw one recently, didn't we? Where he hit it over. But yeah, I, I agree with with what Paul said in terms of the tracking. We we just I don't want to use the word lazy, but it just language probably a better one. We just didn't seem to be as up for it, and so let our runners go. And then when we did lose the ball, we weren't that quick to chase back. And Cornick's a really interesting one because because Nigel Pearson and again I'll say what we've said before, Patch. I'm I'm not going to fully judge him in, you know, either talk about him being the best thing or write him off until he's had a preseason and we're into next year and potentially we're playing a formation in players that would suit him. Mm. But when Nigel Pearson has talked about him being really fit and can run all day, I don't really see that. Or or, or maybe he can run all day, but I'm not seeing the burst of pace that's then going to close people down. So when he was playing yesterday, yeah, he was going side to side, but never really threatened to close them down. And they quite often got away, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so that was the 25th minute into the 26th minute. And we did have a, a period of sustained pressure. We we won three corners in a minute. I've got written here, all probably mm. short corners and a variety there, but nothing, nothing doing from them. And then the 28th minute is a cross in from Swansea, a good header, Someone gets over the top of Jada Silva and it's Max with a another strong arm save. And we saw a strong arm save at Luton on Wednesday, Paul. And there's another good strong arm from Max O'Leary there. And then there's a follow-up shot that came in from Liam Walsh. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a type of save I've seen Jordan Pickford do a lot. So I don't know if Max watches Pickford, but he seems to do that very much with this sort of strong arm tactic as opposed to trying mm. to get a so I don't know, like a tip hand to it and tip it around the post. It's more of a barge away, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah I thought I mean, Max was poor early on. He gave a couple of balls away in dangerous positions, but you know, did actually, I think, do, you know, do quite a bit in the lead up to the first goal to make up for that with a couple of good saves and a couple of good moments. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, everything says, Swansea weren't necessarily looking particularly dangerous. They were having a few chances, but they, were, they had about 80 possession, percent possession at one point as well. So mm -hmm. you'd like to think they were going to, but showed up. Obviously, that you know, ultimately, if you can't get hold of a ball, which we couldn't really, we couldn't really affect the flow of the game very well. Yeah. And OK, 33rd minute is the goal, Matt. Good movement from Swansea and a good diagonal ball from Liam Walsh to Encham, who controls it with his back, rolls it uh, into Cullen, who hooks his shot first time across Max O'Leary into the goal. But for you, should Viner do better? Should Max do better? I think George Tanner as well. Um, mm. Sort of, it's on his side of the pitch. Um, they, they are a bit lucky. I mean, en Encham and I thought he was up there with being their best player yesterday. I really liked him in chatting to the the, the guy sat near to us, who's a Swansea fan, saying that um, <clears throat> they'd signed him on a free from Celtic, and you know he is a really good player. He played in the World Cup. Um, he was fortunate. It hit him on the back. He didn't know anything about that. It wasn't a kind of a Ronaldo or Messi or Ronaldinho. Rolled it across. Control it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, you know, 
he, he lays the ball inside and Zach just goes to kind of challenge the man and not really challenge or block the ball. Um, I thought it was poor defending from Zach. I really did. And then I didn't think Max covered himself in glory. It wasn't the, you know, the, the, the most powerful struck shot and, and manages to sort of squirm under Max. So I, I think Tanner, I mean, arguably Walsh should have been closed down as well from the, the, the crossfield ball. But certainly I think Tanner, Viner and Max will all be disappointed with the goal. Yeah. Okay. 39th minute. Good work from Tanner. Feeds it to Sykes for a cross in. And it's Alex Scott on the volley, Paul, but he doesn't really get any power on on the shot. But it was on target nonetheless. It was, yeah. Yeah. And probably our best spell of the game, actually, apart from the goal, that little spell before half time. Um, again, as it, you know, we've talked about this a lot of the season. Alex Scott's such a talent. We all talked about that. But he does need to find a way somehow of converting these chances a little bit more, shooting more cleanly. Um, instead of snatching and yeah, as we talked separately about you know set pieces and crossing too, because he gets in good positions, especially in this more attacking midfield role. Um, and yeah, obviously scored his goal last week, but he does need to do it more consistently because he's great at getting into those positions. He needs to make sure we capitalise on it. Yeah. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. In addition, we're always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk. Thank you. Okay, and that's where to... I think, sorry, Patrick, on, that, that's that's where I think when we talk about 25, 30 million, um, you know, you, you'd expect a player in that bracket mm. to be dominating games and, you Smashing know, to, take, yeah, taking those opportunities. But again, you're talking about a young lad with the potential and that that's more of what you're paying. Um, I did laugh because I, I heard other fans groups talking about, um, Alex Scott and they they would drive him to wherever he wanted to go for 20 million um, which just made me laugh because um, for me I'd love to keep Alex Scott and um, do I think he's worth 20 million? 100% I wouldn't accept 20 million so um, it just just made me laugh I have to say yeah yeah okay halftime summary from Rob overall they've looked after the ball with a bit more diligence than us and probably deserve a narrow advantage at the break we've shown flashes of threat going forward but we've also been wasteful and hit a number of long balls with Viner in particular guilty of the latter we've got the players to open them up but we just need to be more considered in getting our passes to them and also be a bit more decisive with our end product Good, well-worked goal for them, but I do think Max should have probably done better with his shot. The ball went under his hand. A couple of other close shaves, so we definitely need to improve at both ends if we're going to get anything out of this game. Omar Taylor-Clark having a promising full debut. Scott and Sykes look to be our main threats. How did you see that goal, Paul? I didn't come to you for your thoughts. No, much the same. I think we just we just looked like we we just stood off a bit. We we 
we looked like we stood off most of the day. We seemed afraid to get stuck in a little bit. And mm. um, I, I think Max O'Leary, he made a slight move to his right, as Dave Fez pointed out to me in a group we're in, um, which mm. maybe I'll put him off balance. But ultimately, he did kind of get there and just didn't get his hand down in time. He, his body's over the ball as it goes underneath him. So he'll be disappointed. And I think his reaction showed he was disappointed. He knows he should have got there. Um, Zach Viner sort of turned around, disappointed at him and probably himself too. And yeah, it's just those little cracks I think we talked about earlier where, you know, two pretty solid performers this season. Well, and three of you include Tanner defensively. Um, all pretty solid performers this season. Just starting to let the odd mistake creep in or the odd, you know, little bit of lack of concentration, you know, slip into the game a little bit, unfortunately. You also have to say fair play to Cullen. You know, he obviously knows where the goal is. He's got his back yeah. to go. He swang his foot at it and it's gone in, in, in the corner. Yeah. Okay, half-time um, substitution, Tanner off, Vyman on, and obviously that always sees Sykes going back into the right-back slot, Matt, when you've got Wilson on the bench. Your thoughts on that? I don't like it. I think it, it, it stops That's Sykes. That's the leading question. That well, one. yeah, I know, yeah. It, it, it stops Sykes from um, playing in his best position, and like Paul said, he was probably... I'm not going to say our most threatening, but was was probably our best attacking option. Um, and it's just a little bit predictable. Um, you know, you, you kind of know that Andy Vine was going to come on and go there, although he then obviously did play in, in another couple of positions. But I I just write it, it feels to me it's it's about getting Andy Vyman on the pitch as opposed to what's necessarily best now. Wilson's been out for quite a while, we know that, but if he's on the bench, he ought to be able to do a minimum of a half. And actually, when he did eventually come on, he did have a couple of good runs. Um, didn't quite amount to anything. But yeah, for me, that would have been the change I would have made. I would have gone, if, if he was doing that, I would have brought Wilson on. And if you're bringing Vyman on, put him up front, take Kornikoff. Yeah, exactly. Take Kornikoff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Or, you know, I mean, Sam Bell didn't have the greatest of games yesterday, but... I think you have to kind of be a little bit fairer to the front three as well. They didn't get a lot of great service. And so we're having to try and make a lot of it themselves. Cornick, as I said, had very little to work with, did he? So, And Cornick does come off in the 61st minute. Uh, Mehmeti comes on. And, you know, with Vyman and Mehmeti, players on the bench that can come on and affect the game, Paul, 1-0 down, you still thought there's a chance we could get one back in the, in the uh, get back into the game. Absolutely. I spent most of the second half saying to my son, who, you know, it's still in 1 0. Still in 1 0. He's always, you know, as a 10 year old view on things, we weren't scoring four goals. He thought it was rubbish. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, but we kept, I kept saying, yeah, we are, yeah, we're not playing well, but it's still 1 0. And you still got a chance when it's 1 0. You still keep going, you know. Got Wells and, on the bench, got Mimetti on the yeah, bench. Yeah, exactly. We had options. And again, we, we did show some signs for a little bit of the second half when Mimetti first came on, I thought, where mm. Scott was starting to spray it around a little bit. And there's one, yeah, you might come on to it now, but there's one yeah. ball in particular where, yeah, it, it, we started to look like we might open them up on the left there because they didn't have much there defensively, I didn't think, on the right-hand side. I thought Mimetti had a real chance when he came on to... They were very yes. left-sided. He had a lot um, of space, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 64th minute, Scott finds Mimetti, he takes it on, has a, has a good couple of options. It comes... He rolls it to Omar Taylor-Clark and his shot from 20-plus yards, again, decent with power, uh, Paul. Yeah, and that one, I was right behind that and I... I I kind of feel like he was trying to be not not clever with it. He did, if he really followed through like he might do in a youth game, I reckon that would have absolutely fired into the top corner. And he kind of just maybe a bit deliberate, wasn't he? Just hesitated a little bit, and it yeah. kind of skewed off his foot instead. And he didn't want to sort of maybe a bit scared of smashing it into the top row instead of a top corner. Mm -hmm. um, but I think yeah, he was right in the right position, and a bit of a shame in a way. It didn't uh, yeah, it didn't have more an impact. 
Again, Matt, do you think um, that that there's been an instruction to take more shots from outside of the box? Because we haven't been, have we, until Andy Vyman uh, scored? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you'd like to think it's something that gets talked about because exactly like you've said, but I think in that situation, it was just a natural, the way the, the play developed. Is it like Anis? I think we, we need to be a little bit careful with Anis because what you don't want to do, you don't want to take out the unexpected and the... Um, the free-flowing way that he plays. But he also needs to be coached in terms of it. There were a number of opportunities yesterday that he had that he should have then laid the ball and then did another turn inside or another step over. But it is that balance. You know, you, you as I say, you don't want to take that element out of his game because that's the unexpected nature of it. But I thought, oh, oh my, that, that shot in... You know, again, I'll be completely honest. The first 10, 15 minutes, I said the game was kind of passed him by a little bit. But from that point on, I thought he was... And for the remainder of the game, our best player. I thought he really kind of got into it, played some really nice passes um, of of all range, you know, some some long and a nice sort of short. So, yeah, I thought he did well and it was a good effort. Yeah, you're right to call that out, Matt. And honestly, I love the way that he passes the ball. He passes the ball with the right amount of power that you want. Real intent. Yeah. Not too hard, not too soft. Yeah. It's just that it's been cultured in yeah. terms of the way and, he passes the it, ball. It, it's... It's a difficult game to come into because it's that Derby game. Mm. Um, it's a lovely stadium, the Swansea.com stadium. And and I was actually surprised it's only a 21,000 capacity, but um, it's a lovely stadium. But I thought after those, those initial 10 minutes of, I mean, you're making your debut. That's bang mm. to have a, an impact on you. You've probably got family and friends in the crowd. Um, I thought from that point on, he played really, really well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so 66 minute. It's a bit of controversy. The ball comes in. Andy Vyman opts to try and knock it over the head of the Swansea defender. His hand is in an unnatural position, Paul. And for me, that is a handball. Yeah. I've watched that back like 10 times now on YouTube trying to see what it was. It, <laughs> uh, Andy Vyman was sort of doing his best sort of uh, jack in the box approach to referee when they're running after him down the pitch. I, yeah. He was sort of indicating he scooped it around. I don't think he quite scooped his hand around. It was out to his side. Was it unnatural? I think I think debatable, but his arm was out. I mean, his arm was out and it hit him, but it was a very, very short impact. So I can yeah. kind of probably erring 60-40 on the side of the penalty, but I can see why the referee didn't give it because he, it, it wasn't out horizontal. It was out just to the side. He was going for a ball and the ball was, well, a foot away from him when when Feynman flipped it up. But uh, yeah, I think, I think as Pearson said, that could change the game, couldn't it? For, exactly, for all the yeah. poor performance we all saw and the lack of effort some felt they saw and the lack of conviction, suddenly a one-all with subs on and tells up we could go and win that game and that just shows how fine the line can be. We'll get our uh, sliding doors word in, mm. Matt, and that is a sliding doors moment, that one. Yeah. Uh, you're, so Paul's 60-40, I'm 80-20. How about you? I'm I'm probably the other way. I, I I mean, my immediate reaction, it wasn't. I thought Vyman should have done better with his uh, the initial kind of effort. I think he should have hit it rather than trying to lift it over. I just think he's really close to the man and, and probably... In today's game with VAR, it is a penalty. If you go back four years, five years, it's never a penalty because he's that close. So, well, if you go um, back I, a month, we we aren't getting any penalties, are we? No, well, there's that as well. Yeah, but it, it, <laughs> I I I personally didn't think it was, and um, yeah, I was more more thought that that Andy Vyman should have done better with the effort, really. 
three very different opinions. That's what it's yeah. all about. Right, <laughs> 67th minute. Uh, Naki Wells comes on for Sam Bell. Uh, so a change there. 77th minute. It's the second goal. It's the killer. Uh, sucks all of the life really out of us. Um it's a it's a ball over the ball then comes out to the edge and Encham who you know he when he came off he got a really good round of applause I think from from all parts of the ground and uh, it was a great finish through Omar Taylor Clark Matt really the shame was and we because of where we were sat we had a good view of it so uh, Omar was chasing him back and I I thought his hamstring had gone but it looked like it was oh, cramped yes. as yeah. it developed. But I called it, didn't I, at the time, said, oh, he's, he's gone. And, and Before Encham, the goal, that was, yeah. Yeah, but it was in that passenger play. Encham got away from him, and it was still, as the, the ball was progressing, it, that then developed into the shot. So mm. I think that that had a part to play. Um, Omar Taylor-Clark wasn't obviously fully fit and able to defend it in the way that he would have liked, but it was a, a decent finish. Again, fairly central. It wasn't in the corner, so I'm not sure Max would have been delighted with, with that one even, but... Um, you're right, it killed the game. Um, Swansea, I've checked again this morning because certainly from that goal and then their, their sort of response at the end of the game, but they are still below us. They didn't, I thought that mm. they, they'd somehow got 20 odd points for that win and had gone top <laughs> two because certainly the fan base acted like that. And the lady, well, in front, the lady in front of us was like they'd got to achieve European football. So, and they, yeah. they, they hadn't won a game for. For quite a while, I so know, I but just to do you know what I mean? Let's the, uh... let's not let's not overreact, love. Do yourself a favour. <laughs> <Bang. laughs> oh, I kept really? I kept it in. <laughs> yeah, just about. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was that was a, that was two 0 Omar does come off then, and Kane Wilson does come on. So we get to see Kane Wilson back on the pitch for the first time in a number of months since and, October, I think. Yeah, it's quite a while, and he did have a couple of runs. I think he he opened up his legs a few times, Matt, down the right hand side. I, I like Kane Wilson. I mean, I, we, we saw a lot of him in pre-season. Um, I think his injury is a strange one because Nigel Pearson keeps talking about it being one that he's going to have to manage for his career, which makes you think, well, what, what sort of knee injury is it with that? You know, I don't I don't know. But um, I like him, but he's the sort of player that needs to have a run of games. He's the sort of player we want, and it's an interesting one from a right-back perspective. Georgetown has just signed a, what, a three and a half year deal mm-hmm. and, and was talking about being, you know, feels like he's the kind of right back, you know, cemented that kind of place. I'm not sure. Tanner's, George... uh, Tanner's a right back and Kane's probably Kane Wilson right could do both. Back. He's more of a wing back. Yeah, absolutely. But obviously he was, he was playing there, but it's an interesting one with George because, you know, he's, he's saying that and yet, you know, he's, the last couple of games he's come off at half time, hasn't he? Or obviously Luton wasn't the case because he was ill. But but anyway, the Kane Wilson that can only be a good thing. Um, yeah. And and I would be looking as you say, Patch. We don't want to finish poorly this season like yeah. we have done in in previous seasons. I can't even remember what sort of run we had last year, but certainly the year before, what did we lose oh, eight or nine near the end? Right or, out, yeah. So yeah. we don't want that. But I think he then now needs to look at it and go right. Okay. Well, I'm going to give Kane Wilson a run of games now, irrespective of, of where we are. Mm. Similarly with Omar now, well, let Omar have a run of games. You know, let, let's see what we can get out of him. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, form, yeah. Future formation and plans are key to that, aren't they? Exactly, yeah. Georgetown is very, very much a right back. Yeah. Kane Wilson is very, very much a right wing back. Right wing so back, yeah. we've kind of got two options there and two positions covered, but it, it does depend which one you want to play, maybe. But yeah. then that's not to say we can't play the other one. You know, if Kane Wilson no, exactly. is our future, let's get him in at right back, as you say, yeah. if we're running games and see what he does there. Yeah. 
But also, Paul, sorry, Patch, but also, like, Andy Vyman, I think he played three different positions when he came on. Yeah. Sykes obviously played a couple, yeah, and it's like, come on, you know. Certainly. It's not, and, and Anis, even, I mean, ironically, the couple of games where I think Cardiff and then, obviously, he came on at Luton, but this time he was sort of swapping sites in, I don't mm. know, maybe Nigel listens and reads what people say. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a good cross from Mameti, um, and Andy Vyman does get a header on it, but marginally offside, I'm I'm led to believe. But could have been an interesting last few minutes, Paul. Yeah, I, I'll be totally honest. We, we'd actually left, and I never, ever leave a game early, but I'd taken my two kids to their first South Wales derby. I'd annoyed the uh, ex of a half because it was Mother's Day lunchtime. So I did take the opportunity to get out with, with a minute to go um, and get, get on the road. It's partly why we got home so early. But uh, yeah, yeah I I guess it would have been good for the fan. It would have been good for the team maybe to get a bit of confidence and to stop that statistic about how few goals we've scored from open play and mm-hmm. in the last five or six away games anyway. But uh, it would have uh, wouldn't have changed the result ultimately, would it? No, it, it didn't look offside to me, Matt. And even on, the, on an inspection, watching it back... Weiman seems to start onside and and get his header. So it was a it's 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 one of them again where I think probably someone in the middle was offside, but probably yeah. wasn't Andy Weiman. But the, the, the yeah the assistants putting up the flag because it's it's kind of central of the goal. But well, it was actually why, it was actually a good we, header, wasn't it? Why is that not on the YouTube highlights? Yeah, I don't know. Is it not? Yeah. Goal. They don't seem to include offside goals all the time. No. Not, well, I've seen. I've seen it back, but it's not it's not from that the angle you want to see it, like in line with the incident. It's more from the halfway line, so still inconclusive, really. But I'm sure we'll see some footage in the near future. Right. I just conscious we've got 18 minutes left. Um, Matt, get ready with your ratings. I promised I'd yep. read out this tweet for the Bristol City Supporters Club and Trust. Um, and it's about away coach travel for the city women on 26th of March, obviously during the international break. So if you want to see some football, um, go over to their Twitter, Bristol City Supporters Club and Trust, and they're trying to get um, a, a coach sorted. So please do go and have a look at that. It's £15 for City Women season ticket holders, £20 for non-season ticket holders, um, and it's them against Southampton women's football team. So, Matt, over to you. Yeah, okay. So these were done, having come home last night, so I think I'll, I'll, I'll caveat it and say I think they're probably lower... Um, than they may have been if I did them today. But anyway, um, Max, I went, and this is a bit of a theme. Five, five is very much the theme. Max, I went five. Um, he didn't have a huge amount to do. Came, came for a couple of crosses, made one good save, as you talked about, strong hand. There was another chance they had where Pirlo, um, Pirlo, Pirlo, whatever his name is, Joel, Pirlo, Pirlo at the bar, didn't he? Um, yeah. Which seemed to beat Max all end up. But his kicking was a little bit awry yesterday. And oh, yeah. again, we, we talked about it coming home. We need to sign a goalkeeper that provides competition. I think Max got in the team because he was good competition for Dan Bentley and Dan Bentley lost a bit of form. I'm not sure the the lad that we've got, um, I think he's Haken. on loan, Haken until the summer. Yeah, I'm not sure that he's of the quality to provide that. And I'm not saying I dropped Max, but I think Max knows he's, probably comfortable as number one for the rest of the season. Well, well, Matt, a couple of months ago, we were talking about competition in every place. Exactly. That that breeds good performances when you've got someone breathing down your neck. Exactly. And it's unfair of me to say that about um, Hay King because I've not seen him play. None of us have. But 
from what I've seen from some of the under 21s, people aren't sort of talking about him as being, you know, the business. Plus we've got the other lad. Similar with Bajic. Yeah. And that's it. Bajic has gone out on lane, but people were saying the same about him. You know, that's, and that's the worry a little bit that you had two number ones really in Dan Bentley and and Max. So I went five for Max because I thought he, he certainly should have done better with the first. And I think there was an argument for the second as well. Zach, I've gone five. Um, you know, Zach is absolutely up there in the discussion for player of the year, but I do genuinely think the last month he has lost form. Um, so that that does worry me a little bit. Um, it worries me a little bit that um, he is out of contract. I know we've got an option, um, but that hasn't been taken up yet. So, you know, that, that might be playing on his mind as well. Um, he was captain, which was an interesting one with Andy King on the pitch. Um, but I didn't think Zach had his best of game, so I went five for Zach. Um, George Tanner, I went five. I didn't. I mean, again, George didn't cover himself in glory with the the first one. Um, I'd still, even as a right back, like to see George get forward more than he does. Um, but he's very much more a defender than an attacking kind of fullback. Um, but obviously, he got he got taken off at half time tactically, admittedly. But um, I went five for him. Um, Jada Silva, Cam Pring, I went fives for both of those as well. I thought both were okay, but not to the standards that they're, they're capable of and have been playing at, especially in Jay's case recently. I didn't think Jay got away enough. Um, Cam, yeah, just just wasn't as dominant as he has been. Um, they all did. They all did. And then the, the whole the, back the, line the, just looked a bit shell-shocked, Matt, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um this one's probably a little bit unfair. And, and as I said, I did it when I came in, but Sykesy, I went five and, and I think possibly he should be a six because he was our most threatening. And I use threatening in the loosest of terms in the first half. Um, and, and potentially someone sort of said to me about differentiating him between the other fives. And I think that's probably a fair comment. So Sykes could be a five, uh, could be a six, but I'll let you boys decide on that. Go on, Paul. Possibly from the attacking side of things, I say I think defensively he was not great. But then again, you say you switch around three different positions. He's played, you know, all down that right hand side. Um, I think yeah, Sykes has been the bright spark in the six. last. Yeah, six for me. He's been the bright spark in the last few games when others haven't. Yeah. So I think he should be rewarded thusly. Okay, fair enough. Um, Midfield-wise, obviously, I'll, I'll go the opposite side. So for Sam Bell, Sam, I went five. I thought Sam, he's always going to give you 100%, but just didn't really, nothing, nothing really came off for him. In the middle, um, Andy King, initially I went four, and I think that's a little bit harsh. I don't, Andy King for me is very safe, um, but he's also played you know, four games in very quick succession, having not played at all. So I don't think he was great, but I don't think he was any worse than, than anybody else. Hence the reason for the five. Mm. Um, Scotty, I went five and I've seen others have sort of talked about a six because they felt he was, you know, um, the brightest spark, but I, I didn't think he did enough, Alex, with his, his ability that he's got. Um, I certainly don't think he got away from Matt Grimes enough. Um, there was one I, in, one in the uh, first half where he sort of danced through and and got it got a cross in um, sideways shot, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. a shot. But I, he's, I, he's, I think I would I would just just about edge Scott to a six only in the similar um, 
rationale to Sykes, really. I mean, to if, Sykes, we were, yeah. if we were going to do anything, it mm. was going to come yeah, from Scott and Sykes, yeah. I felt, in terms of yeah. how they were taking the yeah. ball for. No, I think that's a fair comment. Um, Andy Vyman, I went five. Didn't think Andy really did a great deal. I know he had the header, but you know, and but again, he's changing positions, but it was a five. Um, Harry Cornick, I went five. Initially, I went four, but I thought, again, he's just not... I, I still don't think he's a nine. I don't know what Nigel Pearson has seen that warrants him being a nine. I don't see him holding the ball up very much. He wins some flick-ons, but I always sort of think there ain't much point in having a nine that flicks it on when you've got runners that don't go beyond. So, mm. um, But I went five for him because, again, I didn't think he was any any worse than any of the others. And then the last one, um, Omar Taylor-Cluck, I went seven. And, and that might have been a little bit of a leap, but I'm thinking it's his debut. He's in a, 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 a you know seven-side derby. He showed up. He wanted the ball. He, he played some really nice football. He had a, a decent shot. So, yeah, I went seven in man of the match for, for Omar. Good. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd agree with... Uh, yeah, I think Omar Clark probably on a normal game might have been a six, but given those factors, I, I would agree. I think that's an extra edge up. Yeah. I, I thought the first 20, 25 minutes, the game passed him by a bit, but then it passed Agreed. all of us by. We, you know, yeah. And King, alongside him, should have been that senior hand trying to get hold of a ball for him and, and give him some help, and it didn't really happen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he grew into a game nicely, I thought, and did show, show some nice touches. Um, got forward, had a couple of efforts. And yeah, he, yeah, I imagine he's come off, hopefully not injured, it's just a bit of cramp. It really looked like cramp, yeah, didn't it? Yeah. He looked quite good about himself. It, yeah. it, he, he sort of started the game as a as a sitting defensive midfielder and, and as the game sort of grew into it, he, they kind of realised that Andy King was going to do that. You go on a bit. Mm, yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, it, it remains to be seen where his best position is. Obviously midfield, but sitting or more advanced. And I think the way Swansea play, you don't need two sitting midfielders because they don't progress in that way in their midfield. They've got the players playing deep. So you actually you need you needed probably the two of them going up to try and mm. get on the ball more, get on you know get on the backs of Grimes and the others in there because yeah they have a very specific way of playing and it's a different tactic to probably one you'd play in twenty other teams this league. Yeah, yeah. Nigel Pearson and Nigel, I went four initially and I've changed it to five because of of, of everything we said. I don't, <laughs> twenty four hours has passed. <laughs> well, yeah, and I don't I don't think he's got a lot of options. Um, I don't, I don't like that tactic of the the Sykes Vyman and and Tanner swap, but I don't think he's got a lot of options. A and triangle. yeah, yeah, I'm not not sure about that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I went five for Nige. Okay, um, right. So we've got, got a couple of weeks off. Um, we're going back on uh, April the first. April first, yeah, Reading yeah, yeah. for Reading. Um, there is that women women's game, and they're they're still. Riding, riding fairly high, although they lost the other they day. They second place on yesterday, didn't they? So, yeah. yeah that brings, um, I think they're three points clear now. Right. So, Supporters Club and Trust also have sent out an email about their, their end of season uh, awards. So, very quickly, because we've only got a few minutes left, I'll come to you, Paul, first for your men's player of the season. Bearing in mind, we've still got eight, mm. was it eight or seven or eight games left to go. But if you had to call it today, who would it be? So I I think it's very hard to pick anyone other than Alex Scott, given the season he's had. I had I mean, Zach Vine was very much up there, I would say. I'd actually have Matty James up there, possibly in my top three in terms of consistency. But I think, you know, given what some of the performances we've seen and some of the control we've seen from a 19-year-old in the central midfield, I, 
I find it hard to give to anyone else. Matt? I'd agree with, with Paul. I think Tommy Conway comes into the shout as well. Um, Such a shame think, he got uh, injured, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah massive shame. And, and and I think Alex will, will certainly get the young player. Um, and therefore, you know, Tommy kind of will probably miss out on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I Zach's, Zach's definitely been up there. But I also think with Zach, we've kind of looked at where Zach's come from and the improvements that he's made. Um, but that's not that you know that doesn't diminish the good season that he has because he has had. So I think he's definitely in the equation. And if Zach got it or Alex got it, I would you know I could easily argue the case for both. Totally agree with Paul. I think certainly over the last since the international break, Matty James would absolutely be in the equation. Um, so yeah, I think. But I, 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 if it was me and it, and when I put my vote in, it will be Alex for for maybe, both. Maybe Campering as well just comes into some. Yeah, good shape. Yeah, mm-hmm. good shape. Yeah. yeah um interest of time uh, my Zach Viner uh for for player of the year I think the last two three maybe even four games he has had yep. a dip but he has had a lot on him and changing partners and all of that sort of stuff but yep. he's come from the from literal obscurity <laughs> to being one of the best players of the season so the captain and and yeah. Was, yeah was made captain the other day so it, it's that that massive improvement that edges it for me. Alex Scott, we always knew he was going to have a good season, but he hasn't scored as many as he did last season. Um, yeah. I'm not saying he's not amazing because he <laughs> clearly is. But um, yeah, so I'd go, and that leaves room for me to give Alex Scott the young player of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, because obviously that would have been Tommy, but just he's not been, uh, obviously yeah. not played for it's, quite some time. It's interesting with Zach, though, isn't it? You you, you could, and he's, he's definitely in the equation, but you could have a player that's player of the season and and leaves. Because, well, same with Alex Scott. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> diff- different reasons. Alex is going to leave because we're getting 20, 30 million for him, yeah, but yeah. Zach could be leaving because we don't take out the option and he doesn't want to accept any contract offer that we've given. So mm. it'll be interesting to see. Okay. What's your champagne moment? My champagne moment, uh, it frustrates me that I wasn't there but it's that penalty uh, up up at Sunderland, I think probably the the, the see, champagne moment. See, mine is Sam Bell's goal at Swansea. Yeah, that's the other one, isn't it? It's it's that's, that's, that's why I went. That's why I went. That's for. for me. It was such a brilliant goal. Yeah, and the fact that and I was there, I I probably should go. For that. I think, I think <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's like being at celebration. Sunderland, might have been the penalty. And Matt was yeah. at. Matt, see, Matt, you were oh, at it, Sunderland. So. Yeah, it was it both? But for me, yeah, that one takes it. I think yeah. the fact that that. That that moment probably went new worldwide with the New York Times and everything. It, yeah, it's, uh, added added fuel on the fire. But yeah, so so yeah. pleased for for that goal. Um, you know that Sam Bell got was, yeah. and the way he executed it as well. Shades exactly, of but the, the celebration with the bench and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. You've swayed me. You've swayed me towards <laughs> Sam Bell. Just going back to young player quickly. I do wonder if Conway might get it if enough people vote for Scott as main player. They would go. So I went for Conway. As an yeah. alternative, the young player Scott's obviously yeah. being the best young player, if you if you know what I mean. But mm. having having picked Scott as player of the year, I went for Conway as young player. Yeah, that'd be quite nice for the household, wouldn't it? It would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bigger needed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No. Fair play. Yeah. Right. Okay. We'll leave it there. We'll be back um, on the bonus show on the first or second, but we'll be back this Thursday, Friday, um, after our evening with Paul Gascoigne. At yep. the Bawa Club, I think it's all sold out, but we're going to do a bit of a podcast pre-match with some some uh, Bristol faces. So uh, looking forward to that, Matt. Very much so. Yeah, yeah, can't wait. Right, love your stuff. Thanks very much, Paul. And cheers, thanks, Paul. Matt. We'll be Great back to see soon, you, mate. Cheers, no everyone. Guys. All the Take best, care. boys. Yeah, 
Watching that little town slowly disappear. 